Daddy needs a new pair of sound preferences. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Tim Wick, Nick Glover, and Molly Glover. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we have Christopher Jones rejoining us to talk about the Harley Quinn series on HBO Max. Chris is actually working on series three, but he can't tell us anything about it. Boo. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Well, welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Molly Glover. Oh, hello. I didn't see you come in. <laughs> and and Nick Glover. Hey, a puddin'. Hey, a puddin'. And we are joined today by special guests all the way from California by way of the internet, Mr. Christopher Jones. Hello. I did see you come in. Oh, wow. In California. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, a, my eyes are everywhere. <laughs> your eyes are everywhere. So uh, we are here today to talk about the uh, animated series, Harley Quinn. I know that might sound as a surprise because uh, Mr. Jones recently worked on Young Justice, which I believe has just released episodes on HBO Max. Yes. Is that not correct, Mr. Jones? That is that is absolutely correct. First, as we record this, the first three episodes are out, and episode four drops on Thursday. And they're great. Woohoo! <laughs> so if you'd like to know more about what Mr. Jones is working on these days, you could go watch that. And you will be able to watch uh, some of his, uh, the, the, the results of his work, I think, is the best way to put it, on uh, Harley Quinn Season 3, which you are yes. currently working on. Is that not correct? Yes. Uh, I, I uh, did storyboard revisions on Young Justice, and then... I'm excited to say I moved on to doing full storyboards on Harley Quinn season three. Hooray! And yeah. that's all you can tell us about that is pretty much. Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. I, How much pussy eating is there? <laughs> like a little, oh. a lot, just enough. Are we are we going by like by minutes or by yeah, yeah, just by, vol- <laughs> by pussy volume? <laughs> um, no, 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 I don't want you to get fired. I don't want you to get oh, fired. No, I no, no, no. I'm being told we should change the subject. Now. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Uh, nice try there, Molly. Nice try, yeah, I, but uh, you no, know, I, I, I had to give him a try. I had to give him a lickson, as it were. Oh. oh. <laughs> so, uh, and I don't even think uh, you can tell us anything like when season three of Harley Quinn will be coming out or anything like that. I, no, it, it is a, an amusing thing to me that fans seem to think that the people who make these shows have anything to do with the marketing yeah. or distribution yeah. of them right like yeah. like we don't really know any more about when this is coming out or if you're outside of the u.s when it might air in your country and you know all those questions that i get on twitter all the time like we don't know any more than you do that's me with board <laughs> games baby yep, yep. <laughs> yeah you make it and then you hand it over to another department and then you have nothing to do with it and they have and then no a, reason like a year goes by loop at all yeah. on what they're Doing. So, no reason at, all. at some point, Harley Quinn season three will be coming out, and it will be something that Christopher Jones has worked on. However, yes. we are here to talk about Harley Quinn seasons one and two, which we have all watched. Uh, and I watched, I watched it with my family. My children uh, thought it was delightful and uh, really, really enjoyed it. Your your 
your adult male children. We should point out my like, adult male children. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, you say you watched it with my children and people are going to be picturing like, like oh my God, you're five year old watching yeah. all these yeah. people get Again, killed. We, we gathered together the five-year-olds and sat down and yeah. watched some good old Harley Quinn. Five-year-old twins were just watching <laughs> Harley Quinn swear up a blue streak and watching all that blood. And it was great. And they were fine. Uh, what? Uh, so Harley Quinn currently streaming on HBO Max. We, we talked uh, when we uh, did our episode on the Suicide Squad. I, I brought up that I thought... Basically, the property that DC has right now that is pretty much the the gold standard for them is Harley Quinn. And I think that they showed that in the Suicide Squad and they showed that in Birds of Prey and they're showing that in the Harley Quinn animated series that they they seem to understand what they're doing with that character more than any other. Or maybe maybe they're having more fun with it than any other. I don't know what you all think about that. So I'll just throw that thought out there and see what your responses are. This is, this is, I think, my favorite version of most of these DC characters, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I feel like they let themselves, like you said, have fun. But like this Harley is very similar. She, she feels to me very similar to Margot Robbie's Harley in that she has come into her own. She is taking possession of her own destiny in her own life. She's decided that she's not going to be, you know, the Joker's you know, sidekick puppet love interest anymore. And, uh, and that, that's really the crux of the show. Right. And it's so good. She, she is, this is kind of the modern Harley that we're getting in the comics for the past few years too, is this like emancipated solo character who is, you know, irreverent. I've heard people say that she's DC's Deadpool. And I, I don't know if I fully agree with that uh, comparison, but it, it has a point to make. Now, just because uh, a person's bisexual and they wear a red and black suit doesn't mean <laughs> that they have to be the same. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this show is super fucking fun. And uh, honestly, like it reminds me of the Venture Brothers in terms of the style of comedy in a way that is, you know, both in terms of like the pop culture references that's mildly self-aware the, the maturity of the humor, the immaturity of the humor. And Venture Brothers is one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah. So I think that's really, really high praise for, for me. We have tattoos. <laughs> yeah, that, Venture Brothers is exactly the what I use as a reference point when I describe the show to people that haven't seen it yet. Uh, I think it's, it, I mean, not that the humor is identical, but it's that same combination of, um, you know, kind of, kind of raunchy, kind of over-the-top humor, but very much invested in its own narrative and mythology, and there there is character development that happens, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's just the difference being that uh, the Venture Brothers is about creating its own pastiche versions of everything in popular culture, and and Harley Quinn's just running around in the DC universe sandbox. Yeah, and honestly, like this, <laughs> the fact that they let her that they let this show do all the stuff that they have is the most encouraging thing I've seen from DC, you know, really in terms of like, like them letting themselves have fun and, and, and not being uh, not kind of embracing 
the the what I can I don't know I think I find a lot of the DC villains especially to be a bit ridiculous and since the show focuses on the villains they're really they're really like leaning into that and yeah. instead of shying away from it and trying to make them all more grim dark and realistic they're letting them be like Clayface is fucking hilarious in the show <laughs> my God like just. Well, when one of your major characters is Kite Man, they're not—they're not, they're not yeah. steering away from the silly. But you know, Alan Tudyk is is the voice of Clayface, and he—he's great. And he, he went makes, to Juilliard. Yeah. He's—he <laughs> <laughs> uh, he does. He plays another. He plays a couple other characters too. But he plays uh, a bunch of characters. Yeah. He—he yeah. he also plays uh, Calendar King. Who is the not calendar, uh, uh, condiment condiment king? Condiment king, who is the sort of villain rival of Kite Man, which is hilarious because they're both like the butt of everyone's jokes in in but you know in terms of other villains' perceptions of them. But yeah. f- against one another, they are thwarting one another and sealing each other's wedding venues and oh, all that. Yeah, and, yeah. What a great way for villains to thwart each other by stealing the one's wedding venue by getting it out from under him. Yeah. <laughs> all the all the silly condiment puns that, that <laughs> Alan Tudyk is is slinging in that are just really yeah. great. He's also he the also Joker. Voices, he and he also voices Calendar yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah what I misspoke. Yeah, and if also the Joker. It. So, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. If I could draw a weird connection between the two animated shows I've worked on now, I think both of them get a lot of mileage from leaning into very human, personal life kind of aspects of characters that you're more used to seeing fantastical, doing fantastical things. And I think Young Justice minds that for drama and making the characters feel very human and real by seeing their connections with family and and how you know the relationships are affected by the adventures they go on etc and and harley quinn very much plays it i mean the, yes there's the character development side of it as well but they also play it big for laughs seeing you know uh bane's ongoing uh war <laughs> with Todd, who uh, screwed up his order at the restaurant i mean like it just you know, it's it's them like getting caught up in the kind of petty BS that like normal human beings get caught up in. Yeah, like they're not always super, they're not always super villaining, right? You know, sometimes yes. they're just they're just hanging around watching TV on a Wednesday night. It's yeah. it's very much like Venture Brothers in the sense that it's showing you all the arching, right? It's like it's like they they're not they're villains. They're always villains, right? So they're they're maybe even when they're even when they're in like day to day mundane activities, they're being as villainous as they can, right? And so like 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 uh, oh god, what's the I can't think I'm gonna be bad with his name. It's Doctor Psycho. Psycho. Doctor Psycho. Doctor Psycho. Psycho saying uh, cunt on TV and getting like like in trouble for it and then saying it again because he's so mad. It's just like, he knows it's the meanest word he can what, say to a woman. And I, what I love about that is that like, again, it's like the mundane to the villains is that, you know, Dr. Psycho said cunt and all the other villains immediately are like, distancing yeah. I know they're, they're, they're like they're like D- 
done. We're done with Doctor Psycho. He's he, he, he he's not the kind of bad guy that we can we can really respect. That's Le- too far. Le- Lex yeah. Luthor gets him kicked out, and he's like, "We can't tolerate this sort of thing. We yeah. murder people, but you can't say you can't call a woman a cunt. Come on, man." Yeah, I'll tell you one thing about the language on this show. Part of the job of doing storyboards is there's a field in the storyboards document where you put in the dialogue that goes with the picture that's on screen at the time. And I have found myself typing phrases into Word documents that there's a part of my brain saying, this is a firing offense to use the language <laughs> in a Word document. Except, except it's in the script. It's the, it's oh my the dialogue. God. It's what's supposed to be there. That's so great. You're, you're, uh, you're one copy and paste away from an HR moment. <laughs> it, it, it feels that way sometimes. Yeah. You know, the, the thing is, I've uh, interestingly enough, because I've been on HBO Max for other reasons, uh, I, I've been rewatching uh, both Batman the Animated Series and Superman the Animated Series, but uh, mostly Batman the Animated Series. And, you know, that's the origin, right? That's, that's when Harley Quinn first appeared as essentially a sidekick for for the Joker. Uh, you know, and now she's got a whole series that effectively the first season is about extricating herself from the control of the Joker. Um, and it well, feels and- like that that's kind of kind of coming full circle. And I mean, again, also the same thing has happened in the movies is that this idea that we're seeing her in this new animated series extricating herself from being just connected to the Joker. What I love about the, the animated series is that she's extricating herself, but only because he dumped her <laughs> and like, she has to because she, otherwise it's, it's just too fucking pathetic. And like, it's, yeah. yeah, the character was not created to be this, this icon for emancipation. It was created to be a, an amusing, relatively sympathetic henchman character for the Joker because they just needed another body in the story to do some stuff and to Literally get a body. to bounce dialogue off of. <laughs> and the character was so popular that she got brought back. And I don't know, you know, I haven't had a chance to to, to talk to anybody and really find out how much it was uh, them just seeing the potential of the character or just realizing it's a little uncomfortable to have this character just perpetually in this really unhealthy relationship that even in Batman the animated series, you see the characters start to evolve to being a little more independent from the Joker. Mm-hmm. And she makes a connection with Poison Ivy, although it's not uh, clearly a romantic or uh, connection at that point. That was a that was a big fan shipping thing that happened that future uh, iterations have leaned into and hard. Um, but it's hard. interesting. Well. It, it is interesting how I, I've always been fascinated by characters that bounce around through different media adaptations and how something will, will take off over here. And then that hap, that carries through to the version over here and, and on and on until, you know, the, the character evolves into something very different. Yeah. Uh, the, the Joker is, I mean, I know I'm talking about the Joker here and he's a, a terrible homicidal, uh, you know, lunatic, but the Joker is a real piece of shit in this show. Like, yes. Like they, they really highlight how abusive he is to Harley and they don't undercut it, but it is funny sometimes, not necessarily that he is abusing her, but you know, the, the circumstance is funny. The, the, um, 
um, the way the Joker and, and everyone treats Bane is is really funny. But like the Joker, even just hearing him talk about his opinions and the things he likes and and what and how he just behaves, you know, when he's alone, you're like, this guy is a real fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's great. It's, yeah, it's we only get to see this. You know the the homicidal clown Joker. We never get to see him when he's not, you know, arching Batman, and we get to see that now and realize that like he's not just a villain; he's also a dickhead. Yeah, and Some- and at the end of season one, they they, I mean, they take what he does to a really really horrifying extreme, which I think is good because I think that there are times where people are, you know. I always wonder about people who who identify with the Joker and it's like you you should not be identifying with this guy. I mean in, in the early part of the season what we see is somebody who's a bad boyfriend. By the end of the season 1, we see somebody who's not just a bad boyfriend, he is literally a homicidal maniac willing to kill virtually everybody in Gotham. Yeah, nothing you know, makes me feel grosser than seeing a, a couple that is all about Joker and Harley, right? It's like such a red flag. Uh, something yeah. cool I didn't know until I just looked this up on Wikipedia is that Batgirl is played by Kaylee Cuoco's little sister. Ah, oh. nice. So that's pretty cool because like that's a very like, yeah. We haven't even uh, talked about the cast besides Alan Tudyk. The cast is amazing. I, yeah. I do like the uh, the kind of fangirl Batgirl uh, and her like her college dorm setup and and all that. Like, yeah. But uh, if we want to talk about like a breakthrough minor character. That is uh, this whole show is full of minor characters that are breakthrough characters with their amazing moments. But Jim Gordon as the haggard, lonely cop <laughs> is so fucking funny. Yes. Yeah, that's Christopher Maloney. Yeah. Yeah. It's a law and order. Yeah. He was the character that it took me the longest to warm up to the Harley Quinn version of it. Really? Because it well, just because well, I mean the character is very funny. But it seems like the greatest distance from how I'm used to seeing Gordon. Uh, but, but yeah, I've I've definitely warmed up to him. I mean, he's he's great. Um, I mean, as far as voice casting, I love the fact that they brought back uh, Dietrich, Dietrich Bader as Batman, who yes. had played him in Batman: Brave and the Bold. I guess he he specializes in the ber- version of Batman that embraces the goofy villains. Giancarlo Esposito is Lex Luthor, yeah, from, which is great yeah, because he's yeah. from he's from Breaking, Breaking Bad, Bad, and he plays like a, a ge- an evil genius in yeah. Breaking yeah. Bad. Lake Bell is uh, is Poison Ivy. She's fantastic. She is who played uh, Black Widow in the What If series. Uh, that's that's who they yeah. got to replace Scarlett Johansson. So uh, she's she's great. If I well, talk about like different versions of a, <laughs> of a character between. Uh, adaptations like from source material of comics or recent movies or upcoming video game uh, like Ron Funch's version of King Shark is, oh my God. is like no other version of King Shark uh, and none of that makes me angry or feels no. weird or anything because it's he's I love Ron Funches, but like Ron Funches' King Shark is unexpectedly really enjoyable yeah oh absolutely yeah, uh, there was. Yeah, hold on. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. King King Shark and Bane are like my two of my big big favorites. Well, I was going to get into asking about crowd. asking about favorite characters here once we got done with actors. Uh, so, just that taking the 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 mask, uh, 
joke kind of from the the Dark Knight, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. I feel like they really ran with a parody of that, the way that Bane talks, you know, Tom Hardy with his mask on, and just that like, I will be your reckoning. But the great thing that Todd. The great thing about it is that could have been one joke. It could have been a one note joke. And the way they just keep doing more with Bane, that's you know, like when he's got his self-help, you know, his self-help dungeon. And it's just like they 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 took the one joke and and they they managed to just keep making him funny, which I think is great. People forget that Bane is like a, a very very intelligent villain and is like a cunning kind of a mastermind guy like he's not just this physical dude juiced up on venom he is like a very worthy opponent and so the fact that he would uh see the value in investing in the mental health of fellow <laughs> villains and getting them on a right path is not inconceivable. Yeah. It's really but, weird. But I mean, he's also like the biggest victim of bullying from every single yeah. one of the other, of the other yes. supervillains, even though he's the guy that could just crush them with his thighs. But yeah. <laughs> you know, the Joker takes his food. Um, I also, I also really liked Wayne Knight being cast as the penguin. Uh, uh, the guy from Newman from Seinfeld, yeah. uh, which is that's that's some really inspired casting because he's got that like he's got that like uh, beleaguered nerd, like but like asshole nerd kind of thing going on that like really fits the penguin for me. Like I, I honestly, I can't I don't think there's a single voice where I was like, oh, I wish they'd cast someone else every time. I'm like, fucking bravo. <laughs> I think, yeah, Kelly Kuoka is as. Harley is great because, you know, I didn't really think about I didn't look at who was playing what character, um, but I'm like listening to Harley and I'm like, oh, I recognize that that voice mm-hmm. and, you know, knowing what she's done and then seeing her and listening to her in that. I'm like, damn, she's she's just really killing it. If you uh, honestly, she this is like a, a sidebar, but uh, the flight attendant was great. Oh, yeah. And she is great in that. She plays a, a functioning alcoholic. Uh, who who uh, finds herself? She wakes up next to a corpse. Uh, it's it's very good. Uh, she's really she's got a lot of range, and I'm really happy to see her getting different parts after the Big Bang Theory when she was just cast to play the hot dumb neighbor, and that they she really pushed to have that character change on the Big Bang Theory and make it like, but what if she's like messy and a slob and what if she's not perfect like what if she's just as bad you know as these Mm -hmm. you know so she's she and she's an executive producer on a lot of the stuff she works on or she has she gets that credit so she does some work on that yeah she's a producer on the harley quinn series yeah so i mean i don't know what that means she does but she is a producer on it. So uh, I did want to I want to do a couple of questions, just generic thoughts on things you like, things you don't like. What is your uh, favorite character of all the great characters on this show? And there are a lot of great characters. We've talked about some of them. There's so I'm going to stick with what I blurted out early, which was Bane. Um, yeah. uh, just just because there is something about his lines that are so quotable. It just they 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 like you want his dialogue on a t-shirt kind of kind of stuff. Yeah. Which, so I mean, so it, that's a combination of the writing and the fact that he he delivers you know the actor delivers it so well. Yeah, 
I really love Clayface, like, yeah, I, I, so it's, which is really funny because, like, I should hate him. Like, that's the thing is, like, like as a character, but like, like, I'm just remembering when they have to infiltrate like the high school and he turns college. into the popular, the college, yeah. and he turns into the popular girl. Like, they're gonna go on the tour and they're all dressed like so, like Harley and Ivy have their hair in like braids and they're trying to look younger. And Clayface, like, he's this like hot young girl, but he still has the gravestone teeth yes. because it's like the one thing he doesn't change uh, as easily. And like uh, Stephanie, Stephanie, is the, and, and <laughs> Stephanie has definitely been fucking in college. And like, like they, they have. They make that subtly yeah. clear. Every character he decides to do has this elaborate backstory that he feels that everyone he wants to make sure everyone knows, and like it's it's very when, funny when they're uh, yeah. stealing from Maxi Zeus, and he's supposed to be just a delivery man, <laughs> but then he he starts rolling with it, and he's Maxi Zeus's illegitimate son God. from that one waitress, <laughs> that one cocktail waitress. Sort of he just he he, he has to. A, He's such an actor. He can't resist a more juicy role. Like he just and needs I, to. I adore the fact that when when he gets when he gets mind controlled by Doctor Psycho at the end of season two, he suddenly becomes a great actor. Yeah. <laughs> just, he, he, he very much he reminds me of John Levitz's old Master Thespian character. Uh, yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, I know. or uh, 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 Toast Toast Stephen yeah. Toast, oh, yeah. Toast, yes, of yes, yeah. Toast of London. Yeah, as well. And that's how I got into Juilliard. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think my favorite character is Harley Quinn. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. I mean, I know it's her show and everything, but there's so many great lines and her with her flaws make her a better character, uh, especially in this season one, when she's basically being deprogrammed from uh, her abusive relationship with the, with the Joker. But just right off the bat, in the very first episode, she had me at sure as I am that this guy fucks bats. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Batman. Like, like at that moment, she became my favorite character. And I don't know if there's anything else that can can undo or change that. But, I also really like her character design. Yeah, I, I, and the yeah. thing is, this is such a small detail, but like... Uh, as a woman who has very pale blue eyes, it's nice to see a character designed with pale eyes. Oh. Like they give her blue eyes, but they're not like the bright cartoon blue that they they, they look like somebody who has like faded blue eyes. Yeah. And it's it's just a, a little detail that does not go unnoticed by me. I, I really like that. For sure. Okay, uh, so uh, it, it, this is a tough one because I really i I think Ivy is a great foil for Harley in this show, just fantastic. But oh, yeah. I think my favorite character has to be King Shark, just yeah. because <laughs> what they do with King Shark is so clever and so funny. You know, making him basically a tech guy who just happens to also be a shark. Uh, he loves hoodies. Yeah. And 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 he and he has you know he has a problem with blood, and when we discover what his problem with blood. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, that's offensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's racist. You know. Racist. I wouldn't. I wouldn't ask you that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, he. He's fantastic. So. He's fantastic. Okay. Um. Is there any uh like, how about plot line or episode that uh, is a particular favorite that we haven't talked about yet? Uh. Uh, Harley and Ivy sleeping together right before her wedding to Kite Man, uh, and 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 then 
and then accidentally sleeping together again. (laughs) (laughs) Accidentally. Yeah. And that whole like, like being like, you know, Ivy, she, it's not about like, I mean, Ivy is settling down with Kite Man, not, and they're not making it. It's nothing. It's not biphobic. It's not like that they are afraid to come out, which is usually what it is about. It's that Kite Man represents no, a normal life, and Poison Ivy wants to have a, like a normal life. <laughs> and Harley is chaos. I Harley love, is too much chaos. And I so, love the idea that marrying Kite Man is a normal yeah, life. Yeah. But so, like, he's the safe, boring choice. You know, it's not. Mm. It's not about heteronormativity. It's about Harley is fucking trouble. And and she she and she doesn't know who she is yet. She still hasn't figured out who she is yet. And and Ivy doesn't want to be the person that Harley trains on, right? Like she and and it's just that is such a complex relationship, uh, sexually, friendship-wise romantically it uh, but that but when they finally sleep together and they're both just like it's like they're it's just like, Whoo! <laughs> like on the bachelorette weekend with the cob squad and the whole deal i i am so tempted to get a cob squad tattoo i can't even tell you i've genuinely thought about it i love it so much <laughs> oh fuck you guys you didn't get tattoos like <laughs> I think uh, if I had a favorite episode or moment, like uh, it would be the uh, the episode where they are in in Bane's pit. The, yeah, there's no place to the go. The therapy down. dungeon. The therapy dungeon, <laughs> where uh, the, what leads to that is like Man Bat is their lawyer when they're put on on trial by Two Face, and uh, 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 George Lopez showing up to do stand up comedy as like a. A reward for the the talent show playing himself yeah yeah just like it's a really great episode it's a great episode for bane where like his subterranean rehabilitation center is you know the whole like uh you adapted to the darkness but i was born in it yeah it's like but his darkness is this rehabilitation pit now oh my god it's um, so great it's a good episode with a lot of of uh, glimpses at l- not very po- popular, not very common characters like Zaz is down there, and and just like it's like a who's who of of villains. Uh, it's a great episode. Uh, my answer is gonna be a little all over the place. Uh, I mean, my real favorite episode is in season three, and I can't talk about oh, it. Oh shit! Um, um, uh, the the of what's out there. I mean, the season two finale is pretty great just because of the way it, it takes all the plot threads and 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 kind of pays it off and brings you to a a season finale. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I mean, going back to my thing about Bane, I just I love how his whole war against Todd is this thread that runs across <laughs> multiple episodes. You're kind of like, what is he doing? Oh my god, this is still about Todd. <laughs> I just I, I I love the I mean I think the reason I love that whole thread so much is I just love the idea that these people can be have weird powers and be monstrous looking and have whatever physical or intellectual resources at their disposal but their motivations can still be stupid little petty things that have nothing to do with taking over Gotham or the world or any of that it's just like that guy pissed me off <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, Love it. I'm just going to say my favorite uh, episode is the episode with uh, with Commissioner Gordon developing a relationship with Clayface's hand. 
Uh, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because things are very hard to describe to people that haven't seen the show. I know. Right? I know. Yeah. Oh my god. I you know, on what you're talking about, uh, Chris, about the the you know, the everyday lives and, and challenges for the villains. I it's one thing that I really like about cartoons or comics or whatever that focus on the villain when it's an established intellectual property or established characters is that uh, and I've heard I've seen other writers talk about this like Gail Simone's talked about this on Twitter and stuff like that is that with the with the heroes you're kind of a little bit more limited in the stories you can tell because they're the hero, because of their ethics, because what? It's just Batman can't eat pussy. Batman can't eat pussy. <laughs> right. But but when you get to the villains, because they're the villain, you can actually sometimes have a, a story with more empathy with your villain than you can with the hero because you have that additional flexibility yeah. to tell the story. And I think that's kind of fascinating. And I think it's it's one of the things that has made this show so amazing because yeah, like Batman's in it and yeah, Batgirl and Jim Gordon are in it, but those are all very minor characters. And Batman and Jim Gordon are like giggling girls. Yeah. Like it's super funny. Like. That, that like I just want to hang out with you so bad. What are you doing tonight? I'm busy. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh no, I'm thinking of Teen Titans. You're thinking of Teen Titans. I'm thinking of Teen Titans Go. Yeah. The way that, that the way that Batman and Commissioner Gordon are in Teen Titans Go is like giggling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They aren't quite that way this way. I mean, I enjoy the no. way Batman is in this one. I, I like the fact that yeah. every time Harley Quinn talks about him fucking bats, he's just like, uh, <laughs> like, do that. You're not gonna. You're not gonna get me going on this, Harley. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> um, is there? Is there anything uh, that? And and Chris, you probably shouldn't answer this one. Uh, <laughs> is there anything that you would like to see in season three coming Ooh. up? Uh, 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 so I'm kind of hoping that uh, we get a little bit more Kite Man because he's kind of been dumped at this point and he's, he's discarded. I hope he doesn't go away. What I think would be really funny is if we got like a henchman 23 type of story with kite man, where kite man makes himself grim dark as a consequence of him being broken up. And we end up with like a Snyder universe kite man. Who's like, <laughs> this is how I live now with his unshaved face. And he's all badass and haggard, but he's still fucking kite man. Yeah. I'd love to see that. And I hope he doesn't go away. Uh, near as I can tell, we haven't seen Catwoman. Uh, yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah we that's have. Since, was she in the uh, party? What? Oh, sure, sure. Was, yeah. That's right. I forgot she was in the bachelorette party. Uh, yeah, I would like to see more of her. She's so uh, snobby. I, I think it would be really funny to see. I think it would be really funny if she started dating Kite Man. Oh, I think there could oh. be some funny stuff it's, there. She's, uh, she's very mean, girls. Yeah, right. And so, like, I think, I think that, or uh, uh, I also, I, I also think it would be great to see. Uh, uh, I don't know, just more. More of the weird DC villains, just if there, I know there's more out there, more like it's just the, like that's the thing is like the more of those calendar man style like villains yeah. we get, whether they're in the background or they actually have like a, a part to play, I am all about it. You you are not going to run out of weird DC right? villains. Yeah, yeah. That's like saying like, gosh, I wonder if there are any more dumb mutants we can we can talk about. Like, yeah. 
I'm. Uh, there's another anti-hero. Yeah. I'm uh, kind of excited because I mean I like the way that that you know there's this establishment that maybe Harley Harley isn't nearly as much of a villain as she wants to be, but she's not necessarily a good guy either. So there's this nice opportunity for for Batgirl to be like trying to get her and her and Ivy to join her and, and take down some villains. And wouldn't it be fun? We could all work together. And I, I kind of enjoy that Batgirl is this like fangirl, but she's still Batgirl. She's still a good guy. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I, I think the relationship between Harley and Ivy and Batgirl could be a fun thing that they could do in, in season yeah. three. Especially since one of the things I love about Ivy in this show is that she is adamant that she is not a villain. Yeah, she's an like, environmental she's, terrorist. She's uh, not a villain. She is actually a, a good guy on the side of doing good. It's the people, the, the people that she is killing are the bad guys. Like, and so that I could definitely see like there being like maybe they form some kind of gray alliance yeah. of like you know we only do we only do bad to do good right, right. like I, yeah. and I can see Batgirl falling into that trap. Yeah. you know, in that way because she's awfully innocent. There's yeah. a good, there's a good uh, a, a setup to maybe bring in like Amanda Waller and do uh, like a really like a like a B squad suicide squad out of some of these villains. Like <laughs> I'd like to see like Condiment King and Kite Man on their own suicide <laughs> squad team. Imagining them facing up in Clayface. What is this? Some kind of suicide squad? <laughs> <laughs> and, and Chris is sitting there and shaking his head as if either we're getting it all right and he can't say anything or we're getting it all wrong and he wishes this is what the writers had come up with. We don't know which. We won't know until season three comes out. He, he can't confirm or deny. Otherwise, I, I yeah. couldn't possibly comment. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so one one more thing, and I'm going to ask this, and Chris, if you don't feel like you can answer, that's okay. Uh, so, is there any way they can they can redeem Doctor Psycho? Because pretty much by the end of this season, I'm like, he's a slime bag rapist motherfucker, yep. and he should die in a fire. Um, and and I, I don't think that that was unintentional. I don't think that they were like, oh, let's see if we can get it, find a way to make a, make them like Dr. Psycho after He's all of Dr. this. Dr. Psycho. Yeah, I mean. I, I don't think there's any coming back for him uh, to be like a part of the. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, He's asking Chris. Oh, yeah. sorry. Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't comment. Right. <laughs> right. One real quick thing, because we haven't mentioned it because I forgot, but uh, Jim Rash as the Riddler. Oh is, uh, my God! Is a uh, uh, like perfect casting. His Edward Nigma like getting all swole in jail. Yeah. <laughs> Check out the calves. I would love to know some of these great act. I mean, not just this show. I always wonder how many of these actors are like fans of the material and no comics. You're like, oh my God, I got to play the Riddler. Right? Are they just like, eh, it's a gig. I get to come in and I don't have to do costume and makeup and I don't have to memorize anything and it's cool. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's But but God, some of it almost feels like typecasting, right? Like, like you could see Jim Rash in a Riddler oh, costume. Oh, you yeah. could see Wayne Knight in a Penguin costume. Like, you could see Dedrick Baker in a, or Dedrick Bader in a Batman costume. Like, sure. It all those all work, yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, Harley Quinn. If you haven't watched it yet, it really is great. There are, I should point out, swears. Uh, and <laughs> oh no, there's, there's adult situations. Um, yeah. 
and uh, there's 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 frank talk about sexuality, kids. So <laughs> if you have a problem with that, I don't even know why you're fucking listening to this podcast. Yeah, I no forgot shit. to tell people at the beginning that we were going to spoil the shit out of it, but we did. You did. So you did. <laughs> here we are. If they didn't figure that out, whose fault is that? What the fuck? They should know by now. Unless this is their first episode of Geeks Without God, they should know this is our MO. We're going to spoil the shit out of it. It's, you know, it's uh, it's a vi- episode about a villain, and that's our villainous act of the episode. Oh, oh nice. Very meta. All right, so uh, we're going to move on to five questions. We have five questions from a Patreon supporter that all of us, including Chris, are going to answer. Uh, so right. go for it, Molly. All right, I'm going to read these uh, five questions from patron Jeff, but I'm going to read his preamble because it it relates to the last time we read Jeff's questions. Okay. Uh, uh, Greetings. First off, I'm not picky about how my last name is pronounced. It's pronounced differently within my own family. How I pronounce it is Polair. Okay. This is the guy I thought, okay. And then I'm going to do this the way he instructs. Fun fact, despite looking French, Polair is an Italian name, meaning of Paul. (laughs) That was my Janet voice. Wow, (laughs) nice. Question one. The idea of what if has been around far longer than the Marvel series that gives us that name. A couple of examples would be the alternate realities within It's a Wonderful Life or the animated Star Trek episode Yesteryear. What is a what if style story from a movie or TV show that you've particularly enjoyed? Specifically, a story where the characters you know had something happen in their past that changed their present. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, All I think of are, are like co- like my favorite what if type stories are other comic sort of what yeah. if stories. That's fine. Um, I'm, I'm quite partial to the nail. Um, oh, the, yeah. The DC story about... Uh, how the world is so different without Superman because what happened was the Kents uh, got a flat tire and they never were there to pick up uh, baby Superman when he crashed to Earth. And instead he was found and raised by Mennonites. So he is a a pacifist Superman who lives on a, a farm with them alone and the world is... Uh, pretty fucking shitty as a result. Is it called the nail? Because it's like for want of a nail. Yes. Ah, yep. uh, that's really clever. Yeah. And and you see them not go to town the day that the the rocket comes streaming down through the atmosphere on page one, and then you cut to modern day and things are very different and very shitty, and it's you know that Superman landed somewhere, but right. you don't find out until the end of the story what happened to him. So it's this yeah. this thing hanging over the story. It's like, where did Kal-El go? Yeah. Uh, my favorite is from the Teen Titans Go movie, <laughs> where uh, the Teen Titans uh, decide to uh, save... They, they decide no more superheroes. And so they like, they save Batman's parents. Uh, they, they do a bunch of things that make it so that those superheroes don't exist, but then the world turns to shit. And so they have to go back in time and redo all the things that make that happen, including making sure Batman's parents die. <laughs> making sure Krypton explodes. Making yeah. sure Krypton explodes. And it's just like, I don't think I have laughed that hard in a movie in a long time. Like when they're like trying to like push the the Waynes into the alley, town crime alley, <laughs> just like guide them on down there. Crime alley. Yeah. They, they even do the 
It's the only time in, in a movie I've seen the pearls drop, and it wasn't like, all right, I yeah. roll. Yeah, since they they want to know from a movie or a TV show for this question, oh, that's shit. what I'm going to go with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, no, but I was thinking of the nail too. But uh, I uh, I just that's looked a later up, question. I just looked up the title of uh, of it to be sure. Uh, there's an episode in Star Trek: The Next Generation, which we are currently rewatching with my uh, my eldest, who wants to watch. Who wants to watch Star Trek? Uh, and it's I, I forget which season it's coming up with, but it, it's an episode called Parallels, where Worf ah. returns to the Enterprise, and it turns out he's in a parallel dimension em- Enterprise, mm. and there get to the, the there are multiple iterations of the Enterprise that show up throughout throughout the episode, and and they all are referencing back to events that have happened earlier in the series and how things would have been different if it had gone a different way. So uh, it's a really good episode. Really good episode. <clears throat> I, I thought you were about to pick my choice because I, I was just, you know, I have, a, I have a TV choice and a comic book choice. And the TV choice is also a Next Generation episode, but it's the episode Tapestry where... Uh, uh, Card, uh, something happens to him on a mission. It it catastrophically damages the artificial heart they'd established in a previous season. He had, and he ends up in the quote unquote afterlife. And Q is there and gives him a chance to see how his life would have been different if he hadn't gotten into the bar fight during his cadet years mm. that that caused him to have the artificial heart in the first place. And we just, it's not like this great window into what young Picard was like, but we see a Picard as an adult that just went through life making the safe choice. Mm, and he's like mm-hmm. a junior lieutenant on the ship and not in command. And it's just, it's, uh, it's a really good episode overall, but then Picard makes a speech at the end where he talks about all the things he had done along the way, including the mistakes that made him who he is today. And I just always thought that the way they presented that was very powerful. And I liked yes. it a lot. That was a good episode. Nice. So uh, for, for a TV show, I do have an answer. Okay. Uh, uh, so there's an episode of Community called Remedial Chaos Theory, mm-hmm. where they're rolling yes. a die to see who goes, who is the one that goes and gets the pizza, uh-huh. which yes. is the start of the whole darkest timeline uh, uh, alternate, you know, yeah. uh, mirror, mirror, yep. goatee people uh, realm. And uh, that is uh, uh, a really great episode. Yeah. It All is right. a great so, episode. Question two. What movie or TV series has taken a real-life historical event and put a different twist on it that you've enjoyed? Hmm. An example of this would be X-Men First Class, where there's an alternate look at the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, I really like uh, 112263. Uh, not the show. I mean, I like the book. The show was really good up until the, the but I'll say the show just because uh, I like the idea that somebody, it's that whole thing like, you know, oh, if I could go back in time, I'd kill Hitler. Oh, if I could go back in time, I'd save JFK, right? And, but if you, if you do, uh, when he tries, it, it, like the world is trying to push against him and trying to make it so that doesn't happen. Yeah. And, and it, it's that whole b- butterfly effect, right? It, it's uh. but I really, I really liked that. The book is better than the show. If you liked the show, you will love the book. Uh, uh, Watchmen. Sure. The, the, the oh, HBO yeah. show. 
because uh, it's our world, but you know, just slightly different. Mm-hmm. Just if there were heroes and and you know, Doctor Manhattan, if um, uh, a different actor had become president. Yeah, and the <laughs> HBO show is really good. Yeah, yeah. The, the HBO show is fan fucking tastic. It's a sequel to the comic, essentially. Yeah, but yeah a, it's a very much an alternate history. On a similar note, although I, it's not my choice, but Lovecraft Country, also a great show on HBO Max, and has an alternate take on on history in it. Uh, but I'm going to say just because I, I enjoy anything that has to do with the uh, space race and, and mm-hmm. the Apollo program and stuff like that. And so I'm going to say men in black three, oh, yeah. because <laughs> it's got, it's got a fun bit involving the Apollo program. And because men in black two is so, so, so bad. I mean, so bad. And men in black three is not great. But it's so much better than Men in Black 2. Like and the Austin awesome Powers movies. And yes, and Josh Brolin also uh, you know, <clears throat> does a really good job as young Agent K. So huh. all right, Chris, what, what do you think? What do you well, say? Twice I've been certain that Tim was about to take my pick. Uh, because I was <laughs> also going to go with something that deals with the space race. Uh, but I was going to go with the uh, Apple Plus series for all mankind. Oh yeah, which ah. there's a second season out that I haven't watched. So forgive me if it turns to garbage in the second season. But I really <laughs> enjoyed the first season. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, the premise is that uh, the Russian space program did not have catastrophic failures that allowed us to deal a knockout blow with with our space program landing uh, astronauts on the moon. They in fact got there first. So the space race just kept going with the U.S. and the Soviets trying to one-up each other to the point where 10 years after the first moon landing, we now both have space bases, uh, moon bases. Mm. Uh, and it, it just it gets into how the, the space race was very much driven by the politics of the time and how a different result could have kept that going and led to very different places. I, I keep meaning to add that to our list to watch. I know a friend of the sh- I think friend of the show Jeremy Stomberg recommended that as also well. friend of the show Wendy Bowlesby has been very yeah. bullish on it. Yes, <clears throat> that's yeah. that just just that great streak of shows on Apple TV Plus for sure. All right, question three. You touched on this a little in your what if episode, but what what if story from Marvel comic or TV uh, is one you love? Has to be from Marvel. Eh? It has to be the Marvel what if. And it can be from the comic or from the TV show that we that we talked about recently. I uh, I read a lot of what ifs when I was younger. The one that stuck with me was uh, what if uh, Jean Grey hadn't killed herself um, mm. and had had tried to continue with the Phoenix Force. It's super dark. She ends up destroying the entire universe. It's super bad. But uh, yeah, good thing they didn't go that way. Yeah, then. yeah, it's kind of the one of those. What if? Hmm. Let's not. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, a lot of them, I seem to recall, kind of was like, yeah, it's a good thing that didn't happen. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, that, I like that one. I liked. Uh, what if Professor X and Magneto formed the X Men together? Ooh. Uh, uh, that's an uh, an interesting idea. I find uh, like if it was a uh, if it wasn't the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, if they actually joined forces and and really focused on uh, Homo sapiens superior and like the the betterment of mutant kind and not just the enslavement of the human race. <laughs> Chris or Nick? Me? 
Oh, um, uh, well, my all-time favorite issue of What If was actually their their humor issue, uh, in which they parsed the whole issue out page by page to different combinations of writers and artists. And there were, was a lot of really funny stuff in there, but the one that uh, jumps to mind is the the page that was written and drawn by Frank Miller, which was "What if Daredevil was deaf instead of blind?" <laughs> and it's just it's just 1980s Frank Miller art of Daredevil beating the crap out of a bunch of people in a CD bar, saying, "All right, who's going to tell me where I can find Kingpin?" And and they're like, "We'll talk, we'll talk. Please stop hitting us." It's like, "Who's going to talk? Somebody's going to tell me what I want." Pounding <laughs> them to crap. Uh, mine is, I think I mentioned this on our What If episode. It's a, It was a, What If Jessica Jones had joined the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, ha- I have this issue. I have this issue because it's not actually collected in any of the Alias comics. But it's uh, Brian Michael Bendis who created the character. Uh, Michael Gatos who did the art for Alias as well. But um, Jessica Jones joining the Avengers drastically alters the course of the Avengers and uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. because she ends up being the Nick Fury eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it really good stuff. Really mm-hmm. great what if. Okay, question four. Is there a what if style story from another comic book publisher that you've enjoyed? An example of this would be Batman Gotham by Gaslight in which Jack the Ripper comes to Gotham after he's done in Whitechapel and faces a Batman of that time period. This is an excellent graphic novel and an okay animated movie. I'm going to say the nail because Nick already took it. Ha! (laughs) (laughs) A Red Sun. Uh, That's the the one I was going to say. It's a uh, what? It's another you know what if what if type else worlds is what DC calls it. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. uh, story about Superman where instead of landing here in the good old USA, he lands in uh, the USSR and eventually be, becomes the leader of uh, of that nation. Uh, the the Batman in that is awesome. He's like this bat saboteur like with the fuzzy Russian hat with the flaps and all that. Like it's really, it's a, it's kind of the, the quintessential elsewhere story, I think. Uh, God dang it. I know. Sorry. So no. Uh, so I, I'm just realizing the question says other comic book publisher. I was going to say Marvel 1602, oh, which I really love. Ah, yeah. But go with that. What's, though. what's the one uh, with the gorgeous Alex Ross, Ross illustrations where all the superheroes are old. Kingdom Come. Uh, Kingdom Come. Yeah. Like that, I really love. Yeah. That's, I think that counts. Like yeah. that's yeah. a really good story. Yeah. Uh, I still, I am like haunted by the Flash's bit in that story. The red blur. About how he lives, he lives his entire life between seconds and how lonely and alienating that is. Uh, that's that's a really good one. But if honestly, Marvel 1602, if you can read that, it's like all the Marvel heroes exist in Elizabethan era and it's fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. In the spirit of the question, kingdom come. Um, so before Marvel did what if DC had stories that they called imaginary stories. Uh, and unlike uh, their other stories, which are a hundred percent real, which, (laughs) which is a thing that Alan Moore touched on when he wrote one of his, uh, very best superhero stories, which was the, uh, he, he wrote the, 
the two-part finale to pre-crisis uh, Superman. Uh, but the one I was actually going to mention is one of the first ones I ever read as, as a kid. Uh, it was The Death of Superman. Uh, I forget who wrote it, but it was, it was uh, Kurt Swan artwork. And the premise was that um, Lex Luthor appears to have gone straight and he's still in prison, but he, he has seen the error of his ways and he is reformed and like months are going by and he's like, give me, you know, give me material to work with. And I, I, I want to, I want to cure diseases. I want to, I want to, you know, feed the hungry. I want to do these, I want to do things for the planet and help people that way. And they, he starts doing it. He starts doing all these amazing things. And finally, you know, like Superman is like, you know, willing to take responsibility for, for giving him more resources and, and all this stuff. And well, the villains don't like the fact that he's working with Superman now. So other villains are trying to kill Lex Luthor and Superman ends up building a satellite laboratory with all this amazingly futuristic equipment that he's pulled from alien worlds to give Luthor all this all this stuff to work with and and uh, Luthor goes up there and um, and works and, and you know all this time goes by Superman finally goes up there for something and it turns out it's all been the long game con uh, Luthor you know with his guard down kills Superman with kryptonite and uh, the the person that comes and takes him into custody is Supergirl, who hadn't her existence hadn't yet been revealed to the world, and she takes him to the bottled city of Candor to stand uh! trial for the murder of a Kryptonian. And Luther has been smugged through the whole thing. He's like, "You're not going to do anything to me, and I'll tell you why. I know how to enlarge the bottled city of Candor." And they're oh, like, wow. we don't care. And they put <laughs> him in the Phantom Zone. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's a great that's a good story. story. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's very dated 1960s Silver Age storytelling. But, you know, reading that as a kid, that was kind of a mind blower. That was great yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's I like good. That. All right, finally, question Woo. five. And in case you weren't remembering who Jeff Polair was, uh, question five, how many lights? Uh, just kidding. <laughs> All right. What what if style story would you like to watch or read any genre, any medium? So make up a what if style oh. story that you want to see. What's, wow. What's, uh, wow. I know. Right? I know. Wow. That, that's like anything. Um, I would I would really love to see. And I don't even know if this is possible, but uh, they always talk about how the endless can die. And if they die, another one of them oh. is born. Right. I would love to see what if death died. Oh, from the Sandman. From the Sandman. Yeah, yeah. I want to see uh, death from the Sandman as we know it go through what happens to dream. Uh, and she dies and her, another incarnation takes her place. And, and I don't even know if that's possible. I don't even know if that can happen, but the way they talk about it, it sure sounds like it can. So uh, that I, I think that would be really cool. And it'd be really interesting to see maybe the new death is slightly different the way that Daniel is different from the Morpheus, right? Yeah. 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 Oh boy. All right. So I've got a really crazy idea. Uh, it's absolute nonsense. So what I want is you take all the actors from the Marvel cinematic universe mm -hmm. and a mishmash of actors from various live action DC movies. Mm. It's not really important which ones you pick, just live action DC movies, right? And you do an animated amalgam 
series mm. from the old Amalgam comics where mm. they do pastiche combinations of all the different characters. And you do a an Amalgam animated adaptation of the two live-action worlds, and it would be terrible. <laughs> it would be so bad. And I would hate-watch it. And I would... I would uh, I would look forward to hate watching it because Amalgam was so awful. I thought you were going to say you want to do like a Marvel versus Capcom game, but it's like, <laughs> DC, but it's like uh, the DC characters. Uh, that like, was my first thought yeah, was a, yeah. a Marvel versus DC. And you know what? I would watch that too. Yeah, yeah. Just make it pure fan service and just yeah, have a lot yeah. of fun with it like they did with What If. Yeah. Chris and or Tim, who wants to go? Uh, this probably isn't technically a What If premise, but inspired by what Nick just said as far as like a a big superhero thing that's never ever going to happen. Uh, I, I would love to see unless Marvel it's Studios. in Harley Quinn season three and he can't tell us mm. about it. I would love uh, to see yeah. Marvel. I would love to see Marvel Studios poach a bunch of actors who have formerly been in DC superhero films and make a Squadron Supreme movie. Oh, yes. oh. nice! Yes. I love that. That'd be that would fun. be good. Uh, I would I would like a what if and it's a little similar to the nail, but I'm still entertained by this concept right now. Uh, what if uh, Superman had been adopted by Thomas and Martha Wayne? Oh, I like that. <laughs> and, uh, they they did that in the '60s. Did they? Well, oh. that that super bad. Yeah, yeah. It's I would a like this story. They uh. could do that. They could do that again. So anyway, and they could do it better now. Uh, but yeah, I would love to see Superman, except he's like grim dark in the middle of the night, but also can fly. Um, so, uh, so there you go. Five questions. Thank you once again for your five questions from a Patreon supporter. You know, if you're a Patreon supporter, if you're a Patreon supporter like Jeff, you will get bumped to the bottom of our Patreon queue, which is not zero at the moment. We actually have three or four in the Patreon queue, but you can just keep moving in front of the people who are not Patreon supporters. But if you're not a Patreon supporter, you can still send us five questions and we will read them off on the air, answer them, perhaps with a fabulous guest like our good friend, Mr. Christopher Jones. Speaking of Christopher Jones, his uh, latest work is part of Young Justice, available now on HBO Max. And uh, coming out sometime in the future, Harley Quinn Season 3 in which he will also have had a hand. Are you doing any comic work right now, Chris, that we should let people know about? Nothing I can admit exists. Okay. Uh, how about uh, any conventions you'll be at in the in the near future? Uh, weirdly, I have no conventions currently on my schedule. That's, so that's not weird in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, well, but yeah, but given that given that I used to like be doing like just like clockwork. You know, every couple months, it's it's still strange to me that like they're happening again now. I'm just not ready to go back to them yet. Yeah, fair that's enough. Fair. fair. All right. Well, seeing you at them. One way or another, uh, thanks so much for joining us, Chris. We are definitely looking forward to Harley Certainly. Quinn season three. And uh, we are Geeks Without God. We are going to be back with you. Uh, let's say next Tuesday. Let's do it. <laughs> Bye. 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 But before we do the outro joke, what's its backstory? Hmm. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. 
Until next time, you can find us blogging at geekswithoutgod.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Geeks Without God, and you can even like us on Facebook. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Shit, shit, shit. Don't say that thing.